the verse of the day is 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 through 4. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Hey y'all, hey. So we are back with another episode of JC and Cole. How's y'all week been? Um, I haven't even really had a week. Huh? <laughs> I feel like, I mean, it's one of those things. I did start back working out. My body is sore, so I'm happy mm-hmm. to report that. Um, I've been planning graduation. I've been interning. You guys, hey. the child welfare system is trash. Um, really? I hope my supervisor never hears that. Yes. <laughs> well, she talks about it often. Yes, the child oh, welfare really? system and policies and just all of that stuff. It's very interesting, but it's really it's it's trash. And one thing that they were talking about that has been on my mind a lot lately. Well, not lately, but I really always thought about it was how fathers don't really get the same rights as mom kind of it's always like the child welfare system is very mother focused mm-hmm. and many of the times like you know like therapeutic providers services they don't really ask dad if they want to contribute to treatment if they would like to be involved in you know making themselves a better parent it's really focused on that the mother wants to get treatment if she wants to be a better parent to get the children back and me and my supervisor we were talking about that and just saying how more needs to be done because it seems like fathers are given the option to be a better parent where mothers are kind of expected to want to be involved in the services so when I hear things like that I'm just like wow it just kind of made me sad that a lot of fathers are not really given the opportunity so that was on my mind heavy this week mm-hmm. I that's wild that. yeah that's wild but mm-hmm. yeah my week's been pretty good, man. It's uh, new beginnings coming upon the um, the horizons. I'm pretty happy. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been pretty focused, man. So it's it's another blessed week, thank God. Yes. Yeah, for me, this week's been pretty um, decent. I'm finally moving. I was supposed to move since January, and now it's March. So there goes that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's been pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited for you know whatever is to come but for this week y'all we about to talk about let's see what could we name this i don't i don't want to call it false prophet but at the same time i feel like we just gotta we just gotta talk about what we got to talk about so (laughs) okay i've been noticing and it's something i've noticed a long time ago when covid Mm -hmm. hit I wanted to, I realized that I couldn't listen to the same preachers again. I I realized that I needed more relationship with God rather than more relationship with figuring out what's of this world. And um, I knew that the preachers that I was listening to were, were giving me motivation and confidence in my daily activities. Like, 
you can make that book or you can write that book. You can start that business. You, you can lose that weight. You can be happy X, Y, and Z. And when the world stopped, like when COVID first hit and the world stopped, the last thing I was thinking about was financial freedom. I didn't know if I had family members that were going to pass. I didn't know if I was going to pass. And in those moments, you're not thinking about motivation as to how to better your life on earth. You're thinking of, I want to make sure that when that time comes, I'm good. Like, I don't even have to question if God knows me. And sadly, I've come to the realization that a lot of these churches, these mega churches, bigger churches, aren't really giving people the tools to have a relationship or real relationship with God. They give them the tools to have a relationship with them. They give them the tools to have a relationship with their, the idols of this world, as in money and financial freedom, things of that nature. And I just wanted to have a conversation about that with you guys to see where you guys, what did you guys think about it? And how are you guys feeling about certain churches and what churches do you guys go to now? Um, you know, just have a conversation on it. Um, I definitely, because me and you have had these conversations a lot. And mm-hmm. I always say that I definitely understand where you were coming from because there are certain pastors that I listen to that does make me feel more, and we call it motivated. You know, Samantha calls them motivational preachers or speakers. She calls them motivational speakers. And I definitely understand that because they do make you feel motivated to be a better person, to start different adventures and you know listen to what God is telling you like all these things that are good and that are really helpful but sometimes like you always say you do like want a pastor that's going to be a bit more raw and cut and just cut like kind of cut out all the you know the cutesy things and I definitely understand that because I feel like it's important to have a pastor who you know you can go to strictly to just get some raw uncut truth. And a lot of pastors aren't talking about that. Like, you know, I've talked about this with other friends, how a lot of pastors stray away from the harsher topics that will get them canceled. And I find that to be very problematic. If you can't speak about abortion, if you can't speak about things that are of this world that are happening that might get you canceled, if you can't really speak about that as a pastor and you kind of keep it more in your comfort zone or like a lot of pastors, they'll talk about premarital sex. And I get that. But if I hear one more sermon on premarital sex, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, I know I get it. I get it. And they think they're being revolutionary by having whole series on premarital sex. You're not, you're doing nothing special. Like, even though, Obviously, like my views are very, um, I like to say that I don't have harsh views and I might not be good as a Christian, but sometimes my heart does get in the way. And I like my social work side of me does sometimes get in, in the way, but I don't hear a lot of pastors speaking about harsh subjects, things that might get you canceled. And for I mean, me, that is important to do. Now, I do think you need to balance sometimes. Like I do, I don't see anything wrong with listening to a pastor that does make you feel better about your day. But I think if you're only listening to a pastor like that, then you are doing yourself a disservice. And I think you should find someone that's going to be uncut. But also the biggest thing is like going to your word. 
I feel like that is where a lot of young people in our generation, they're kind of failing at. Because it's one thing to watch a sermon before you go to bed or when you wake up, that's beautiful, that's great. But if you're not reading the word, then just know that you're really not feeding your spirit the way you should be. And that's my thoughts on it. No, that's facts. I've been waiting for this topic for a while now. Oh, God. (laughs) The canon ready. So I'm going to start off John 15, 18 through 19. It says... If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. So with that being said, I know that Jesus was hated because of what he taught. And apparently, if you were if if you want if people want to run around calling themselves pastors, teachers, or whatever you want to call yourself. And the world loves you. I don't think you're you're teaching what Jesus Jesus taught. But they killed that man for what they killed the Son of God for that mm-hmm. because of because of teaching. And I don't believe that there's and, and throughout the whole Bible, God's never sent too many. There was not a whole bunch of slew of pastors just coming out of nowhere. So God, he only he always just sent like one or two, one or two prophets, one or two pastors one or two apostles like it was never too many people because god kept it real so like there's a verse in the bible i wish i could pull it up too that says that uh satan has many disciples and and and, and he said and, and god said that he'll send some when the god was speaking on the apostles teachers uh evangelists prophets prophetess um all those are in offices of the church he said he sends some but he's but god says that the devil has many disciples mm-hmm. so th- to get the language of the bible that's letting us know you know there's not going to be too many guys not sending too many people to dilute his word so mm. to stay on topic is like the main thing is cool if you're gonna if you're gonna listen to some motivation i personally feel like there's people that do this thing and they are like legit motivational speakers like they do this for a job like and, and they and they do very well. Like KT, like all these different types of, you know, the one of the most famous ones now is like Gary V, and stuff like that. Yeah, like they do, they, they do their job very well, and that's their job. I don't think that God designed the the office of the church for a pastor to do, um, to be a motivational speaker, because yeah. now you're finessing, in my opinion, because. When you put that word pastor, you're, you're putting on, when you put on those titles, those are titles that God gives people. He chooses people to do those things. And if you hide behind the name Jesus, there's a lot of manipulation and, what, and, and so on and so forth that you can take in part in due to people's, good people's hearts. Facts. Facts. So facts. for me personally, I feel like it's just a big mess hiding behind Jesus' name. I mean, one big thing that you did say that I kind of want to elaborate on is um, it's crazy at the fact that something that God is supposed to give you that people are now going to school for like you nowadays people quote unquote went to school to become a pastor how do you become go to school to become what God sent you if you're if, if he's speaking to you on stage like how is he talking like he talked to you through that degree that makes no sense 
So to me, it's just crazy at the fact that now they've normalized people becoming preachers and pastors or whatever name they've given themselves off of a degree that they received in school. How is that God sent? And that because, to me is like the biggest thing. Right. Because uh, the verses is becoming, the Colossians 2a, it says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Mm. philosophy is something that you get taught you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's we have to take in consideration like when god sends a man to go do something he don't send them unequipped mm, that's real look at the story of moses yeah you know what i'm saying he didn't send Mo- he didn't be like all right moses go get my people and then just slid yeah like he he made sure moses was ready would had what he needed to go do what he had to do and then and then the job got done. There's yeah. a little bit of stubbornness there, but the job got done at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I think that's one thing we just gotta we gotta just peep the little things. Like it's right now, it's so subtle. The the like we gotta understand how the serpent moves. When when God calls Satan a serpent, we gotta look at the characteristics of a serpent. A serpent is sly, cunning, and and and, 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 and camouflages. You could be walking through your grass. You won't even see the snake you, you're about to step on. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a slick world, and we gotta be we gotta have we gotta be able to peel our eyes, and, and that's by like Kanita said, this generation does not read their word. Mm-hmm. If they read their word, they'll be able to call these people out. It's just I'm gonna get to the story soon, but yeah, go ahead, Kanita. You know, I was gonna I was gonna wait a little oh, bit no. too ahead I of mean- myself. Hey, I'm gonna let you have that floor. I am not trying to interject. If you feeling it, then my brother, speak it, okay? <laughs> you know, if, if that's how you feeling, then I definitely agree and I respect it because I do understand where both of you guys are coming from, especially with you, Junior, with talking about you know reading the word and how important it is for. Because w- when you say that, you know, if you're not disliked then you're not finally speaking the word that does make me think a lot because I can really resonate with that because Jesus teachings are not popular to what's going on in today's world. Mm -hmm. I do feel like there is a place for it in the church. I don't feel like it should 100% be that, but me as a person, I can't tell anybody what a spirit needs on that day because there are some times where people have went into a church and they needed to hear that particular message on that day. And they completely changed their outlook on things. And when people talk like that and say that I heard that message and I needed to hear it in that moment, when I look at different comments, when I'm on YouTube and I'm watching different sermons from certain pastors, because I don't want to name any names because we're not going to bash anybody. And I see people who are saying, I needed to hear this. Like my spirit really needed to hear this. I can't tell that person, well, this isn't right. You know, well, this isn't, she needs to be, pe- like, he or she needs to be speaking more like this and more like that. If a person is saying, you said exactly what I needed to hear, and that person really felt like God was using that person as a vessel for their spirit, I am in no way, shape, or form here to tell anybody that you are not correct in how you're feeling. Because I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know what your spirit is telling you. I really do not know. But I, I can say that you have to definitely be careful. And I think you do have to watch out who you are listening to and what churches you are going to. 
And I know for me, sometimes that's something that I know I want to work on, which is practicing my discernment and praying, not practicing, but just like praying on it a lot more because I don't want to be led astray. And I do want to make sure that I'm listening to the right people that I am reading my word. And that can sometimes um, be difficult at times because like this, because like Junior said, like Samantha said, I think there are a lot of people that are coming out now saying that they are a pastor and that they are a preacher and you do got to be more careful with it so yeah one thing I wanted to say about what you said is um I think that people forget that God can use anyone as um a vessel yeah like somebody on a pulpit or some person on the middle of the street Mm -hmm. God can use anyone so in that moment those people are on stage God can use them in that moment to say something real yeah. That doesn't mean that they're genuinely real people. God can use literally anybody. There's been times in the Bible where you see him um help the woman who who was told that he he what is it? The people, the Pharisees came up to him, came up to Jesus and told them that this woman is adulterer and that she needs to be stoned. And and Jesus said, "Okay, well whoever is without sin cast the first stone." And afterwards, what did he tell her? Okay, hey, all your people that accused you, they're gone. So what you need to do is sin no more. Go and sin no more. And what did she do? Spread his gospel. That's a woman that was an adulterer. She didn't do nothing good. And now she's out here. Now she was able to spread his word, just like the other people who were who were lame with no legs. He healed them and told them to spread the word. These people did not do anything good. But God gave them the opportunity to spread his word. So for me, I just feel as though, like you said, it's really with discernment. Um, Some people can be used by God, but at the end of the day, when you see those fruits that they're not real, I think that we just have to be a hundred percent more discerning of it because these people can talk really well. The -hmm. devil can talk very well. Like he can, he can slide his way into a lot of people's lives. Like for example, you say you don't want to bash no uh, pastors, but I'm cool with it. Um, <laughs> Do your thing. <laughs> so the long time ago, like two years ago or something like that, Kanithia had sent me a podcast to listen to or like something, something about T.D. Jakes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go listen to it. Funny thing is the same thing he was preaching about was a verse that I had just finished reading in the Bible. And so I'm like, listen to the story. And it was about um, Lot and um lot's children his two daughters and in the real story lot's two daughters got lot drunk so that they can have sex with him so that he can um so that their lineage can continue and so td jakes made his whole sermon about that story and literally interpreted the whole story wrong basically made lot seem like he was a horrible person and that he was, you know, taking sexual advantages on his children and la da 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 da. And I was like, whoa, hold on, pause. You literally made a whole sermon interpreting that whole story incorrectly. And the funny thing is, he you you see moments of the crowd looking at and the crowds like in awe, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. And pr- like praising him. And I'm just like, why are y'all performers? Basically. And I'm just like, wait, so y'all telling me. Y'all listening to this word, but y'all not even opening up the Bible to check, fact check what this man's saying. Y'all in awe off of a a false story. And it blew my mind. And I was like, you know what? Point blank period. Now I know better. Because if this person is as big as he is, so many people following him, 
I wonder how many other sermons he made up to, to make a story. Like that to me blew my mind. How you gonna sit here and call yourself God's child and you interpreting the Bible incorrectly? How? emotion. You play with people's emotions, you can get anything you want. I know that just from marketing classes alone. That's we make, crazy. So it's like uh, a verse that came to my head was uh, John 5, 37 through 39. It said, and the Father himself, which have, this is Jesus speaking. Um, and the Father himself, which have sent me, have borne witness of me. Ye have heard, neither heard his voice or, or at any time, nor seen his shape. And you have not had not his word abiding in you, for whom he have sent him, who to for whom he have sent him ye believe not. Search the scriptures for in them ye that think ye have eternal life, and they are that and and are they which testify of me. And with this, excuse me, with this, Jesus is is explaining like, yo, everything you need in this world to decipher what you, whatever, what the puzzle of living life, search the scriptures for it. If, a, if something, if, if anything has to do with a church, it has to follow what God says and says what the church is supposed to be like. There's no interjection. He don't need y'all. He does not need human help mm-hmm. to build his church. People creating offices, junior deacons, all these different positions that never, God never created Never said that this is supposed to be a thing in his church. God don't need our help, bro. I promise you he doesn't. Yeah. I can so, so it's like we creating we us as humans, we think we're innovating God's church. God's church don't change. God never changed, not one time. He said he's the same as the begin as the, the the what what's the saying? He's the same as uh last time, this time, and, and in the future. Like God never changes, mm-hmm. nor does his church, nor does his word. If he says that people are going to go to heaven, people are going to go to heaven. He said there's going to be more people in hell than the sand. There's going to be more people in hell than the sand. You can guarantee it. God does not go back on his word. So when he says that the church is supposed to be structured a certain way, and this is how I want the church to be, this is what I want y'all to do, and then y'all do something different, you're not doing what God's will, which automatically puts you in this position where God's gonna judge these preachers harder than he pre than than you got me you me uh, us three. There's a different judgment for these people, and it's in Revelations. I can't remember the verse, but they get judged harsh, more harsh. It's a dangerous. Like, I don't like once you understand what comes with being a preacher under yeah. God's rule. This is a dangerous job. That's the most dangerous job on earth. Cause if you make one person stumble, that's blood on your hands. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now that's true. That's really true. And I really like when pastors say, oh, I'm a person and I'm going to make these mistakes. And I don't like it when pastors say that only because I feel like when you sign up, when you are called to do a job, there are certain responsibilities that come with it. If you're a doctor and you're a heart surgeon, and you play around and, and you nick at somebody's certain artery, <laughs> you can't just say, I'm a human being and I make mistakes. Like you have a certain level of responsibility that an average person who's not in your position does not have. And I think as a pastor, it is definitely important if you are not, if you are not ready to live that lifestyle, 
then don't do it. Like, take a step back and have, and, and have a conversation with God. But that's where pride comes into play. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so, that, that's why being prideful is a sin. Because you have pastors that don't want to own up to their mistakes, who don't want to take a step back, who don't want to risk somebody else taking over the church for a few months so that they can get themselves together, get their spirit right. They would rather just stay on the pulpit and keep on preaching, keep on pastoring. But it's like, yo, my God, I think you need a break. Like stuff is coming out that you sleep with other women or, you know, whoever in the church and you're still trying to preach. I'm like, what's, it? what's that dude's name? I'm not going to call no names. What's his name? Yeah, but you just told his story. I didn't know. That's not, that's, no, that, that's a lot of pastor stories. He's just one of many. He's literally just one of many. There are like different pastors. John Gray. That's his Stop name. It. Stop it. There this are, dude needs to, he needs see, to. She didn't want to say Stop the man's name, but look, it. she makes it so Stop it. He needs to hang it up, though. He's been cheating on his I wife think, for like five years straight. And the thing with Pastor John Gray, God bless him, because honestly, I think that that is something that he's really struggling with. And I really want him to figure that out because like I said, um, like I was telling Sam on the phone when we were talking about this, when I graduated from college um, in 2018, I was in a very dark place and I wasn't in relationship with Christ. And over time, while I was home, I decided to start listening to sermons again because I had not found the church in West Palm yet. So I was like, maybe I should start back listening to sermons. So I pastored Mike Todd and Pastor John Gray. That's who I started to listen to during that time. And Pastor Gray used to be like somebody that I would listen to a lot. And I really say that he's someone that helped to reintroduce me to Christ. Cause I knew who Christ was, but I had just done so much during my time at UCF that I felt like he had left me and I had left him. So when I would listen to Pastor John Gray, he just really helped me to come back to it. And that's why through it all, I had so much respect for him. So when everything happened, I had a real soft spot for him because you know, depending, no matter what anyone says, all I can speak to is my story and what Pastor Gray did for me during a very dark season of my life. He helped me to go back into my word. He helped me to seek God and know that he did not leave me nor forsake me and that whatever I did in the past, I can come to God with it and lay it on to him. So when all those things happened, I was one of those people that was like, you know, Pastor John Gray, get up. Like you have fallen, but you got to get up. And when he came out and he was talking and he was not taking accountability and he was just kind of, he was taking fake accountability, but not real accountability mm-hmm. that hurt me. That hurt me very deeply. Like normally when pastors do stuff like that, I'm like, man, that's crazy. And I just, you know, keep on pushing. But with John Gray, I was just so hurt because I was like, man, like, do you know like what you did for me? And now to see you do this, come on pastor and then he he did it again I was like dang but I think he's finally taking a step back because I haven't seen him preaching I could be wrong I do not know but I haven't seen him on anyone's stage so far and I really do hope that he is somewhere getting himself together going to God about this and figuring out his next step whether it's pastoring or, or whether God called him to do something else I do not know 
about that, but I really hope that he does get his spirit together for the sake of his relationship with God. Forget preaching right now. For the sake of your soul, your spirit, I pray that he gets that together. Right. I pray that he does get it together too, but he needs to stop passing. Obviously, (laughs) this is not for him. Like, let's, 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 let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. Like, hey, I'm not how, like when does when does when how much times God got to show y'all these people ain't real? Like, how many times does God have to expose these people publicly for y'all to see that these pastors ain't the ain't it? They ain't they don't stand for God. Like, it's just keep it like why don't like God whatever's done in the dark comes to the light like that's that's an act that god does you're not gonna get away with you're not gonna come not in his name and this and then quote unquote come in his name and then disgrace his name without you getting some ridicule in them if you publicly shame god you're gonna public you're gonna get published but public shame i watched that happen to andrew cuomo the good or whatever his name is cuomo the, the governor governor for new york during the COVID junk, he was disgracing God, talking about something, oh, God's not doing anything for us. Don't 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 pray, et cetera, et cetera. This compilation. Oh, wow. Now you now you guess what? Now you out here, the truth has the whatever's been done in the dark is coming to the light and you're being ridiculed and disrespected in public. Yeah. So like I just don't understand like why people try to play like don't. A pastor is not a joke. It's not a game. It's not something you just pick up and do. God sends these people and he equips them ready for the job. Yes, you may slip. You may slip. Daniel slipped. But all these people, other than that, Daniel and them, they weren't pastors. They were just men of God that walked with God and, and, and did his will. When you go to, when you start looking at apostles and stuff like that, those apostles had past lives. Like Paul, he was a murderer. And then when Jesus came to him and he got baptized and he received and, and continued to walk with God, he changed completely immediately. From the moment that he was done baptized, he went to go preach for seven years mm-hmm. until God told him to go do something else. So I think it was 10 years. I'm not 100% sure. But to say the least, we need to start being attentive when God's trying to tell us. God's trying to sit here flashing the red light, saying, yo, yo, this is not it. This is not it. And then we over here, oh, man, Pastor Gray, you can make it. You know, uh, so-and-so stumbled in the Bible. Oh, you can do it again. And he does it again. And it's just like, no, you can make it, man. Just get up and come past it. And he does it again. It's just like, all right, God. All right, y'all. When does God, when, how long do, do you guys want God to keep? Like sending y'all messages, he just, or, or do you want him to just sit back and just watch y'all? And then when you meet him in Judgment Day, and he act like he don't know you. That's when you're gonna be sick. Come on, let's just stop playing the game. God's not a game. I think the the biggest thing is just comfort. It's it's comfortable dealing with pastors that you you know, because like for example, um, Pastor Gino is a pastor that I never would have thought about listening to um junior is the one who put me on but pastor gino is raw like he's not nice about it like he tells you straight up what it is and what it's not and a lot of people don't like him for it 
he talks about homosexuality. He talks about, you know, um, men divorcing their wives. You know, he talks about how women are supposed to carry themselves. And he's not talking off of, hey, I feel this way, da-da-da-da-da. It's literally Bible states this, Bible states that. And the thing is, we're so comfortable with what we know. When we're being told that, hey, your normalcy is not normal, we stray away and we, you know, get comfortable with the ones that tell us, hey, you know, you can still do that. It's okay. You can still be gay and still be part of the church. Hey, it's okay. You can still, you know, um, have divorces and get remarried. It's okay. Hey, as a woman, you can, you can dress a certain way and it's okay. Hey, you're half naked all the time, but it's okay. That, that That's you showing yourselves. You can do that. You can have that tight skirt on top of the stage where people can look up in your dress but since you feel good that's i'm just saying like it's okay because you're doing you you're you know you're living your life and things like that and it's like we enjoy that because we we don't want to change our lives we we're comfortable we're extremely comfortable with what we're being told and, and that's what no i'm sorry i didn't mean to no go ahead go um, ahead that that is what a lot of preachers do that kind of give it to you in a motivational cookie cutter way it's almost like they're making you feel like it is okay to go against the word because God knows you and because God mm-hmm. loves you and because he will always be here for you and he's and he's so marvelous and magnificent which God will he is marvelous he is magnificent God will never leave you but I think that it comes to a point where you leave God, where you walk away from yeah. that relationship and where yeah. you go into idolatry of worshiping other things, listening to other people. And I do feel like it is really important to be careful. I do, however, I, how can I say this? I don't feel like not everybody, I, I'm not going to say no one, but I'm not going to sit here and put them all in the same category because I don't feel like some of those preachers, like since you guys want to name names, I name Sarah J. Roberts, whatever. I don't feel like Sarah J. Roberts is genuinely like I'm fake and I'm just doing this for the profit. I mean, for the um, yeah, the 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 profit for the money and for the glitz and for the glamour. I don't feel like that's everyone's intention. Now, do I still feel like? She, I will group her as a motivational pastor and not someone that I will go to for raw and uncutness. Yes, I will say that. Yeah. But do I feel like when I'm listening to her, I don't feel like she's putting on a show. I don't feel like she's trying to just be up there just to say that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm up here. I do feel like she is being very much genuine with her story and with where she came from and what she's trying to do. Now, like I said, she she's not somebody that I would go to to hear about certain more raw and uncut subjects because I do feel like sometimes I will say Sarah J. Robinson would be great if she spoke to women. And I think me and Sam, like we had said that last night, I do feel like it might be better if she does that and maybe not call herself a pastor. But I do feel like she genuinely does want to bring people to Christ now you can go back and forth on her method and say that I wish you would talk about this and talk about that more we can say that all day and I will completely 100% agree with that 
but I'm not gonna say that I feel like that she's a fake person or like a trying to like lead people astray or not be genuine. I don't feel like that about her. Yeah, I don't feel that way about her either. I just feel like her title is wrong. Like she shouldn't that. be called Pastor Sarah Jakes. She should just be called Sarah that. Jakes. Cause she speaks to women very well. She pushes them in a way that yeah. they need to be pushed. They she makes women feel like they're strong like regardless of what the world tells you you're capable of doing a lot yeah. it's a beautiful thing but like like me and you talked about I just feel like pastor should not be in her title she should just call herself a motivational speaker I'm motivating this crowd of women and call it a day yeah because her story is sickening like mm-hmm. having getting pregnant at 13 having children and everything that she went through that she tells you about and she never, she never thought that she was going to be doing this. Like, she went to college for something completely different. And she felt like God called her to do this. Now, like like you said, maybe it's under a different title because her husband is a pastor. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to him as much. And that's that's his church that she preaches at. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, I mean, when I listen to her speak and I need to hear, when I need to feel strong for that day, when I really do need my spirit to be revamped and I go to my word and I listen to her as well, I do feel like I'm getting something out of this message that I really did need, but I don't solely rely on her. I will never solely rely on anyone to give me my word, whether you're a raw and uncut pastor or whether you're a motivation speaker. I don't care who you are. I don't care how raw you are. I'm not going to 100% rely on you for anything. And I don't want I don't 100% trust no pastor in 2021, period, at all. I just don't because I don't know what you're doing. Like there's so many stories that come out and I feel like if I feel comfortable with you and what you're feeding me, then I will as trust I will trust you as much as God allows me to. But my full trust and my full loyalty will always go to Christ just all the time. Because you're still a human being and you're still flesh. So right. Uh burst and bubble time. First Timothy two, verse twelve. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to assert the authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first born, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being the sea was in, tra- in the transgression. People don't know there ain't no such thing as women preachers. Not, not one time in the Bible there was a woman that preached. Ever. The only thing a woman ever is allowed to do in the church, and this is all because of what I just said. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was defeated, deceived was in the transgression. That's a part of the curse as far as like bearing children. And stuff like that that woman had to go through. If it wasn't for that situation, they probably would be able to preach. But they're not. That's part of the curse. There's not ever been a woman that's preaching the Bible, that's been a pastor, apostle, anything, an evangelist, not even none of that. The only thing they always been was a prophetess, and that's it. And what a prophetess, a prophet, a prophetess is supposed to do, their job is to God speaks to them. Most likely is gonna be a warning or or a telling, a, a, a telling before us, a message before time to tell to the people, and then they say what they have to say, and then they sit down. Mm. They don't get to preaching. They just pro- say what God, a prophet, a prophet, and pro- that's all the prophets did in the Old Testament. They went, they warned kings, they told them what God was going to come, 
what's come what's coming forward to what God says is gonna come, and they leave. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not it's not, it's, it's like people take these titles and then they want to just do the most. And it's just like, bro, he has these different offices for a purpose. It works as one body. If a prophetess is doing the job of the pastor, the pastor can't do his job. So it's like, to bring it all back to what I'm trying to say is, as much as people want to believe that there's a woman pastor, there's no such thing. And God don't honor that. He'll write, for say, it says, in 1 Timothy 2, 11, it said, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. When it comes to when the word is being spoken, you don't even want the woman to speak. And I know it sounds harsh, and I know people hate to hear that, especially women, they hate to hear that. But it's just what it is. I'm reading the Bible. Don't hate me. Hate the, don't kill the messenger. If you got something against it, go talk to God. So it's just like, so it, my, my thing is, is like, if God never sent a woman to preach, so what is she preaching? I knew you know what I'm saying? I, when you said Sarah Jakes, I said, who? There you go. I, I did not <laughs> want to name any names. You were like, I don't mind it. Like, <laughs> nah, I meant no, because I meant I, for me, I was just talking specifically about Sarah Jakes because it's like I already knew if you brought her up. Oh, Junior was ready. Well, I had to. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I respect everything that he just read. <laughs> but I'm still like. You just told me like that you're on God's side, though. This is God's word. A pastor. Like, I don't look at her as a pastor. She, but like, the problem, this is not, that's not the problem, Cynthia. I know that you don't look at her as a pastor, but your, but your homie down the street looks at her as a pastor. A million people that view her show looks at her as a pastor. And that's what we're going. This is what the biggest problem is, is that they look at her as a pastor and think that she has the word and God's giving her this word. And she's not getting it from God. She's just doing her own. She's just reading the scripture and, ba and basing it off her opinion and then going in front of masses and telling her whatever she feels and get you riled up, get you feeling good. And then you come back next Sunday and give her your money. Why they always got to give money? Like <laughs> It's a cycle, bro. It's a, con it's a continuous cycle. And the reason why I have such passion for it is because I've been swindled by pastors like this. So it's not a situation where I'm like, oh, I'm bitter. Or I, I, don't want, or I don't want women to, to have power and stuff like that. Get out of here. God has order in his church. He don't play that. And I'm trying to, like, this, this is like a plea for y'all to, like, for people that listen. Like, God is not sweet. Especially when it comes to his church. If people are doing stuff that's not, it's going to be worse for them on, on the day of hell, on the day of uh, judgment than anyone else. I'm telling you, bro. God is not playing with these people. I mean, my thing is like, one thing I got to say is you just remind me of, you know, these raw pastors. And it sucks because, yeah, like hearing things like that is not easy. It's not like, well, wow, me as a woman, you're, you're basically telling me I can't do X, Y, and Z. It's harsh. Like I'm, I'm gonna be hundred percent hard. It's, it's harsh, but at the end of the day, I know that it's, it's biblical, and even though it's something that I don't like, I have to be, you know, I, I have to embrace it. I have to understand it because if I'm trying to, if I'm telling myself I want to be a child of God and I want to make these efforts to be that, whatever He says in that Bible, I have to abide by. If I felt in my spirit, quote unquote, that I, I wanted to be a preacher 
and I chose to go to school for it. And now I'm reading the Bible and I'm seeing that that's not even possible. Then that's I know that's not my way. The devil yes, is like, that's my devil, is, devil was, his name is originally Lucifer. That means a bearer of light. This dude, a light bearer. Like he's, you're going to, he's going to come. He promised Jesus the entire, all the world, all the kingdoms. He's going to give you the flash of the lights. He's going to make you feel good. Like that's his job. He's not going to say, yo, come follow me. Yeah, I'm going to go to hell, but follow me anyway. No, he's going to say, we're going to conquer God. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you this and that. Instead of relying on God for it, you can go get this money. You can go get that house. You can get that job. Just, just believe in God and you can get this thing. It's just like, well, all these things that you want are the material world. Are you sure that God wants you to have it? Because I had a conversation with Sam about that earlier this week. What if God says you need that 60K job because, and I want to keep you there because I know that if you make a penny more, you're going to turn your way, you're going to turn your face from me. Mm. And it sounds far-fetched because it's like in your mind and your understanding, you think you make 100K, you'll be fine. You'll still be with God. But God knows that if you make that 100K, you are going to turn from him and you're not coming back. God knows you better do you know yourself. Mm-hmm. He knows that you're not coming back. So my thing is, is like for preachers that these motivational preachers like Jakes and Copeland and all these big time like a uh, Creflo Dollar, big time money preachers telling you everything you want to hear every every Sunday. It's like, bro, we have to take we have to take heed and, and listen to what they're trying to tell us every certain Sunday. They don't talk about going to heaven and what it takes to get to heaven. What was that verse that we read the other day? Colossians. Last me, no, yesterday. Oh, it was the day before. It was that Colossians. It was talking about um oh, da, 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 da. oh yeah, yeah 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 I posted it on my story. That verse was like kind of resonated with me after I listened to the I listened to a pastor last night. And uh Colossians 3 1 through 3 it says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things on the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid. With Christ and God. Like, God wants us to live good lives. Yes. God wants us to be happy. Yes. Joy. He wants us to have the fruits of the Spirit. He wants us to be able to, to, to live life in a way. And, but He also guarantees trials and tribulations. He, he guarantees strife. He guarantees a hard time. That's why He gives you a, a, one of the fruits of the Spirit is long suffering. Mm, that's real God wants you to experience the full extent of life he doesn't want you to go through a hard time and never go through a good time or he doesn't want you to go through all good times and never go through a bad time and he certainly doesn't want you to go through a bad time and to forever go through a good time or vice versa Mm. so like this Let's 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 zero in on what God really wants us to do. Like he, like I don't know, man. It's it's a it's a lot to, to talk about. It's a lot to 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 yeah. take in. It's a lot, and, and when the stuff I'm saying is not something. It took time for me to understand and and accept it. 
for what it was because I couldn't believe that I wasn't, I'm not, like, I shouldn't strive to go be a billionaire or a millionaire or whatever. I didn't think, I thought it was, okay, God, this is what I want to do. Help me get there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I thought that's how it worked, but it's not. It's, God, I come before you as a living sacrifice. Do as your will be done. And if God tells you $50,000 a year, townhouse for the next 40 years, there's a reason why he says that. Yeah, and that's a hard pill to swallow when you realize that your wants do not always equal God's wants. That is a really, really hard pill to swallow because like you said, everyone is so caught up in what they want to do and what they think they should be doing that. And that's the reason why some people go toward motivational pastors to help them to achieve things that they want. But you have to like, a lot of us have to realize that what if you're not meant to be a billionaire? What if you're not meant to be a millionaire? What if you're never meant to open up that business? What if those things are not meant to happen? Are you going to be okay with that? Are you going to be mad at God? I mean, are you going to turn away from God? Are you going to know that it's not what you're supposed to be doing, but you're still going to do it because you see money in it and you see fame in it? It's really hard to realize, wow, what if God doesn't want me to do the thing that I want to do? What if he has a whole other plan for my life? And sometimes motivational pastors, they make you feel better about that. Mm -hmm. They make you feel better about if you, me and Sam, we were joking about this, write that book. (laughs) Girl, write that book. Start that business. Come on now. You got it. Y'all, Sam killed me when she started saying that because I started listening and I was like, they do say that. And every I started thinking time. about Sam. Every time a pastor says, if God calls you to write that book, I'd be like, Where, where's Samantha at? And it's always a book. Like, it's bro, book. it's always a book. Do you know how hard so, it is to write a book? Like, come on like, now. It's like crazy because it's like when I listen to these spiels and they say, and it's all of them that say this over and over again. Bro, it's like I'm in the process of creating a company, a marketing agency, a digital marketing agency. And okay, what you Julia. Need to, okay. And, and thank you, thank you. <laughs> All grace of God if he allows it to happen, you know? My thing is, the goal for me to do is to create a system that works the same way every single time. So if no matter what it is, I just plug it in there and it just it works. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. It's like a machine. You create a machine. And it's like, when I think about that, and when, when I hear you guys say that, that every one of these like motivational speakers are telling us, oh, go read this book, go write that book, go, go get that house, go, 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 go clean that job. And it's like, they have the same spiel over and over again, and it just continues to work and work. And it just reminds me of just creating a machine. Like creating me working on this business. It's like they're having a market, their marketing plan is flawless. They just run the same thing. Just pass mm-hmm. it down to whoever they want. Just do the same thing. Look, do this, do that. Make sure that it looks like, cut the lights off, make it look like a club at night, at, like you're in church. Like When you're in church, make it look like it's a club. Make sure your pastor's wearing jeans and a, and a leather jacket. Like, it's like everyone's doing the same thing right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
do these things and this is how you become a mega pastor, mega preacher, and you could get all their money because I have a bone to pick with Mike Todd. He took oh. my bread. That guy took my bread. And I want my bread back. And when I see him, I'm going to ask for my bread back. You guys are the most annoying black people. <laughs> dealt with today. But um, now I definitely agree. And you know, one thing I can say is that when we're on this podcast, we all are also learning. So even if it means like me having to not listen to Sarah Gates Roberts, then that's what I'm willing to do if it is really the right way. And sometimes even if you have like, because I'm gonna use myself for an example in this moment as a period of just like realizing that, hey, maybe this is an enlightening period for me. And I can say that sometimes we grow connections with these people because they do really speak to you in a very direct way. But sometimes you gotta cut that off. And sometimes mm. you have to realize that you can't have more loyalty toward them than to Christ. And sometimes you didn't even realize that it's happening because in this moment I had to check myself and be like, don't defend her too much. Like at the end of the day, listen to what your friend is telling you on the podcast. Listen to what he's reading to you from, from the word and don't get defensive because it's not about you. It's about the word. So sometimes we become like, no, 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 these are great people. Like they're amazing, they're great. And while I still do think that she's a great woman, hey, maybe what she's doing might not be her true calling. And maybe it was something that she felt like she really wanted to do. And maybe she's in the wrong lane. Maybe she's mm. to talk to people and counsel women in that way, but maybe just not in this lane. So that could very much be the situation. But I say that to say that, what the heck, what was that? I say, <laughs> because <laughs> don't become so connected because these are still fleshly people. Like they don't need you to go to go back and forth and defend them. If somebody is telling you, look, this is what the word says, you got to sit back and really think about it and pray on it too. Like I'm going to go back and I'm going to pray on this. But I do feel like this period, this, this, this conversation was great for me to hear because it allowed me to take on a different perspective and to also mm -hmm. like check myself and to never get like defensive over another human being. Like, cause that's not my job to defend her. It's my job to listen to the word. Respect, respect. Yo, that's I got a little short story to tell y'all. Story time. This is a part, you know, at those motivational churches, they'd be playing the, the little organ in the background. Shut up. Junior Just real, little, real soft. I don't, I don't like you. <laughs> and they want to, and they want to tell their little story on why you should be chasing that book or whatever. I can't so, no, you know what I'm talking about? But you want some background music, Junior? You want some back? Yeah, I'll put some background music for you. Get, get the keys. I'll put that background music. <laughs> so about two and a half years ago, I decided I was going through a lot of trials and tribulations and I was facing depression and whatnot. And I wanted, I came to a point where I was like, I couldn't believe that God put me through this. So I didn't want to believe in God no more. I, I wanted to find out. I won't say I didn't want to believe in God no more, but I wanted to find out what religion was it that I needed to follow. And I was going to start off with uh, the Muslim faith, but something just told me, like, my people's put me to follow Christ, so I'm going to give Christ a chance, quote-unquote, as arrogant that sounds. 
I was foolish then. I went ahead and started that journey. And as I was going through that journey, I listened to a lot of pastors. So I spent a lot of time by myself in my room and was just on YouTube, just looking at different, listening to all these different pastors. One of the pastors, I, I stumbled upon Mike Todd before y'all knew who Mike Todd was. And he used to pray. I mean, he, when he used to preach, his junk helped me get out of depression. So I resonate with Kanitha when she's telling me that these, when she listens to these pastors, they, they brought her back to Christ. And they played their role. And God lets them do that for a reason. Like it says in, the, in, the, in Isaiah, I believe, God created good and evil and all of them are subject to him. So mm. I understood that whatever Mike Tao was teaching at the time, it, it brought me back to Christ. It made me want to learn more about God because I also was already a curious person. And I didn't trust nobody. So I listened to his word and read my Bible, listening to his word and read my Bible, trying to see, all right, is it making sense? Is it making sense? And it came to a point after eight to nine months of listening to him every Sunday, faithful, you know what I'm saying? Paying tithes. I want my bread back. <laughs> I started, my ears wouldn't take the information anymore. Once when I would used to sit down and watch a sermon and enjoy it, I'll watch ones I didn't see for hours. But there came a time where I couldn't sit and listen for five minutes. And I asked God, God, can you show me somebody that doesn't sound like this? Like, this, like there has to be more to you than this. And I ended up listening to some other pastors that were for also false prophets. But then one day I just stumbled upon uh, listening to um, a, a video of Geno Jennings and I played it and I was behooved by how this guy was talking to people. I was like, oh my gosh, ain't no way a pastor is supposed to be talking to people like this. Ain't no way. So I cut it off. I was like, this is the devil. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know better. I cut it off and then I cut it back on. And then something in me was like, I just had to go listen. I was like, ain't like, this is so crazy. Like, I just prayed this thing maybe a, a month ago. And this random dude just showed up on my YouTube list. And he's talking crazy. I'm like, this dude can't get away with this. I didn't know where there's people out here doing this. So I, I click on it and I keep watching and I find myself watching his videos. I think I want to say I started watching around 6 p.m. I think I went till 4 a.m. watching all his watching videos. Golly. And I was like, wow. Like, I was being enlightened by the word. Y'all never read, sat down and read your Bible and just felt like, after reading for a while and you stop, you're like pulling something away from you. Mm-hmm. Facts, yeah. Like it was like something was being ripped away from you because mm -hmm. you needed to go do something like that. That's how it felt. And mm. I started learning. I learned so much 
And that one night that I learned that whole entire nine months of listening to my talk. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing what is the point of actually church and pastors and apostles and communion and all these things. What is the point of all this stuff? And the general goal here is to get to heaven. Yeah. And it's not to have a big house, to get all the money, because God said it's going to be harder for a rich man. It's going to be hard. It's going to be easier for a camel to go through a needle than a rich man to get to heaven. So ain't every time it talks about someone rich in the Bible, as far as materialism, God has always made it seem, make it very small. He says, tax the rich. Take like the, the fact that they, you know, in California, you get a check for a hundred million. You only get 40 mil. It's kind of like that's what God wants to happen. Tax them, mm-hmm. take what it take it from them. Like everything that comes with materialism, God's against. So once I figured out all that stuff didn't matter, I stopped praying to God for money. I stopped praying to God for for knickknacks and all those nice little things. I started praying to God for wisdom. Just help me, just let me just give me the 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 thought process, the brain to make the right decision at the right time. I'm not saying that you can't be rich. I'm not saying that you can't have money. I'm not saying that you can't have the car that you want. But all I'm saying is that should never, ever, ever be the focal point of why you go to church and why you listen to a, to a, a so-called pastor. Your main goal, the common goal, is to go to heaven. Mm. So that's my little spiel, and I just want people to know, man, this everything I said today was straight out of love and passion. I didn't want to believe this stuff that I said to y'all two and a half years ago, and here I am now understanding that God don't compromise with nobody. Mm. He don't stay with y'all. Mm. You know, Haitians like to say that nobody to Abel. That yeah, that's one they say. Like that's what. Mm-mm. God don't. Mm-mm. <laughs> well, you know she she not. Yeah no yeah no. <laughs> I mean that God don't stay with y'all. He's not he's not like God's your father first and foremost, and he can grow into your friend, but he's father first. So y'all take this word out of love and be blessed, man. Yeah, that that was a. Uh... That was a good ending, Junior. Look at you. That was a good ending, my God. Them keys was going, okay? <laughs> if somebody was in the back playing them keys, them fingers would have been tired. Like, okay. <laughs> be playing them keys and passing right. that, uh, that gold he tray his bread back. He oh my God. his bread back. Give my money back. <laughs> you time into the... <laughs> both of y'all all over the place alright y'all this is the end of the podcast okay uh, this is the end of the episode so y'all can find us at JC and Co podcast for on Instagram and on Twitter and you can follow us on our personals mine is by Sam DC mine is at Kenethia 2 underscores and mine is at GFSB underscore lifestyle alright all right. y'all nah that was that was good though but yeah let's pray let's pray for them um samantha you pray for them samantha (laughs) (laughs) 
Samantha. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> All right, y'all. No, thank you for this day. Hope everyone has to get better. Thank you for everything you've done for us, Father God. And thank you for allowing us to have this conversation, this raw conversation that we know is hard for us to talk about. It changes our viewpoints on a lot. It changes our thought process, but it also brings us close to you, Father God. Let us be able to embrace the Bible and not the people that are reading it to us, but us interpreting it and discerning it and reading it ourselves. Let us get closer to you, understand your word and build this relationship with you. So, Father God, thank you for everything you've done for us. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our struggles. And in, in your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Fine. All right, All right y'all. We out of here. We'll see y'all next week, God willing. Peace. Peace. The man could be throwing in, get sick, get better, until I pray at the beginning. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Like, y- y'all know when y'all have a prayer, y'all got y'all.